right, everybody, welcome back to a special New Year's Day episode of the podcast. Uh, don't have Luke this week. He's sick, and we're sick of him, so it all works out. But in his place, I got the return of Marcus. Marcus, how you doing? Doing good, bud. Thanks for having me on. Good to be yeah. back on the Casa de Sports. How was, the, uh, how was your New Year's Eve celebrations? It was very, very... Sad, <laughs> to say the least. I started my morning off just as every other morning and left for work. And then I get a phone call two hours later from my girlfriend and she calls crying, telling me that my cat was hit by a car. So great way to end a shitty year. Yeah, that's a real bummer. I'm sorry for that. It's never easy to lose a, a pet or anything like that, especially something... In that way, you know that's pretty shitty. But yeah, uh, let's you're... hope it's let's hope it's not an omen for your uh, cat-themed football team. Oh, you know, I think I think it was an omen because it's like the the Carolina Panthers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions. Uh, they have all been pretty much dead cats on the side of the street. Uh, but in contrary, you also have the uh, Bengals who are looking to make their playoff push, leading the NFC North or AFC North. I'm sorry. So, hey, good on them. Yeah, good on them. Hopefully that's one cat that will survive the year. Um, I mean, I think I think Bengals Tigers have had a lot of heat, these, this, especially this last year uh, with uh, Tiger King. So, you know what? Good on them. <laughs> they get something yeah, good. Good on them. <laughs> Good on them. Exactly. Uh, I think we would be remiss to not start off things here with our, you know, remembering the recently passed John Madden. Um, I was thinking about it, uh, you know, just after it all happened and what he means to me and what, what I think he means to football. And I think, I think he might be the only person in football, at least we'll just go with the NFL. Um, the one figure within the NFL that nobody disliked, Absolutely. everybody liked, everybody liked and respected John Madden, regardless of, you know, you know, Raiders fans, you know, they might get to claim him a tad bit more than the rest of us uh, because he was the coach of that team. But I mean, whether it was through announcing and, you know, he was pretty much done by the time I really got into being a, an obsessed football fan, but you still remember turning games on as a kid and hearing his voice. And then the video game, you know, I mean, I don't know if there's been a bigger impact on the game outside of the actual game of football than the Madden football game. I mean, you probably played more games of Madden than you've watched or even played games of football, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, we can go we can go speaking on the Madden train. We can go far as far back as uh, him showing his cameo in certain football in, in certain football movies, such as the Little Giants, you know, that was a very yes. um, very iconic role <laughs> of playing himself <laughs> on the road to Canton, Ohio. So that was always a yeah. really a really great scene seeing him in. And then also in one of my all-time favorite football movies, The Replacements, where, again, he plays himself 
as an announcer and, you know, recalling some of Shane Falco's uh, scrambling moves and you see him with his little drawing board up there. He's like, he's going to go here and he's going to pitch it here and the ball's going to fumble and it's going to go right back in the lap of Shane Falco for a touchdown. So, you know, he, he is the embodiment of football. And for me yeah. as a fan, just, you know, growing up uh, a football fan and a fan of the games um, and hearing his voice on, on, you know, Madden, um, I think I think the last time I heard his voice in a Madden game was maybe Madden 09, where he had that whole um, Madden IQ simulator. And man, I loved I loved that that uh, part of the game, just going into that and listening to John Madden telling me, "Hey, you got to do it this way. This is this is what you got to do, and this is this is how the the the, the defenders are going to defend the ball, and you have to do this." And it's just like you're getting all this knowledge from a children's video game and it was amazing that with john madden's just iq of football and he would just pass that down to any listener and it, it was truly iconic yeah i mean because every other you know sports game you know whether it's nba 2k nhl mlb like they're all named after the league Madden, like you know, it's it's not called NFL Madden. It's just you know Madden because he was iconic enough within football that they could just slap his name on a game, and then it becomes what it is today. And you know, you always hear stories when they talk about him in the game that you know, in order for him to sign off on using his name and likeness and everything and being a part of it, that the game had to be represented authentically you know as much as we both probably still love the nfl blitz games those aren't football games you oh know, those, exactly. are, those are those are games that are about football <laughs> you know it's like seven on seven it's like a 50 yard field or some shit like it's not real football but i mean how much how many kids how many people know things about football because of playing madden you know because you can watch games on tv and you know, depending on who's broadcasting or whatever, you're not going to learn anything about the game, really. You might learn people and some real basics and stuff. You're not going to learn football. It's not always fun, but whenever Madden was presenting a game, it was fun, which is what it should be. It's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. Yeah, people make a lot of money and lives are changed and stuff, and it can be bigger than a game, but at the core of it, it is a game, and games are supposed to be fun and john madden made football fun exactly and 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 you know it's 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 a it's a person it's it's he he can never be replaced you know you have all these announcers now that go out there and they'll list some stupid statistics some out of the back pocket oh this is actually the first game that uh uh so-and-so played on turf and if you go back in history, so-and-so's first time playing on turf, he won the game. And it was just like, okay, that makes no sense. <laughs> it's just, John Madden yeah, wouldn't, it's just like, wouldn't, who cares? John Madden wouldn't give you no filibusters. He would just go in there and be like, all right, so Brett Favre's the best damn quarterback in the NFL. I tell you what, man. <laughs> he would go in there and he'd lay the facts, not just not just all this random stuff that no one cares about. I mean, and even when he did give you random stuff, it was entertaining. Yeah. You know, like – I don't I don't mind random stuff, you know, if, if it's entertaining, but 
You know, he never was talking about even even when he was rambling on on Thanksgiving about like turduckins and stuff. It's just like, you know, that was part of, you know, Thanksgiving was watching yeah. football, hearing John Madden talk about turducken. You know, and especially first in time Lincoln. I ever heard about a turducken. Oh yeah, I mean, I've never heard anybody else talk about a turducken without talking about Madden. You know, it's they go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, yeah. Man, gonna... the football, the football world lost a lost a legend in that one. I mean, like I said, you know, there are people within the history of the league that are beloved or you know legendary figures. But there's always going to be somebody that's like, you know, Tom Brady. You know, he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. And but there are still going to be people. You know, you can respect them, but there's still going to be people that are like. You know, probably Jets fans or something. They're like, ah, you know, fuck Tom Brady. But I mean, I, I know a handful anybody... of Panther fans that are like that too. <laughs> yeah, and but there's probably there's there can't be anybody out there that's just like ah, the hell with John Madden. Like everybody loved John Madden, and I think yeah. more than anything, that's probably the biggest takeaway of his legacy is that everybody loved John Madden. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. All right, let's uh. Let's move on from that, you know, ultimately sad topic to uh, something that's sad in a far different way, and that is the state of uh, your Carolina Panthers and and Luke's New Orleans Saints. I'll be playing the role of uh, Luke in this conversation uh, since he is not here with us, but uh, I think it's going to be a far different matchup than that first one at the beginning of the season. Uh, and the teams, I think, I mean, you know, you might have your own opinions about it, but uh, they parallel each other a lot more than I think anybody would have figured at the beginning of the season. You know, it does not appear as though any quarterback on the roster for either team is going to be the starter next year. Maybe Jameis Winston, you know, but it's not going to be Taysom Hill. It's not going to be Ian Book. It's not going to be Sam Darnold. It's not going to be Cam Newton. Well, you know, it, in in both teams, in both teams' uh, locker rooms, we can assume that Sam Darnold will come back for the Panthers because our the Carolina Panthers coaching staff have proven to be just morons. Um, but Jameis Winston, I believe, still has a chance to come back next year and uh, or this year. I'm sorry. Uh, and um, is he supposed to come back this year? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm sure. I don't think he was just signed for 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 that one year. I think he signed like, like three or four years. But um, even so, um, doing doing my own uh, digging, um, some of the uh, some of the locked on Saints and uh, straight up Saints Houdat Nation have claimed that um, yeah, that Jameis Winston. Uh, is more than likely to return. Um, it is a fact that Sean Payton does like Jameis Winston. Uh, he believes that he still has a strong enough arm. He still has the knowledge. And believe it or not, you know, uh, Jameis Winston is a, a leader on that team. And to just up and drop him after a injury like he had, um, it would it would just reflect badly on the Saints um, organization. And I believe in that being said that Jameis Winston will make a return for the next season. 
but not to dismiss that he may just be a bridge quarterback waiting for that next that next uh, Drew Brees to take over. And I mean, do do Saints fans believe that it's in Ian Book, or do I they believe that? So. I mean, watching that game uh, against Miami, um, he didn't really have a lot of confidence, I think, but they still made the game pretty entertaining. I mean, dismiss the 20 to three blowout. All right. Dismiss that. Um, and dismiss the two interceptions that he had, because obviously, you know, <laughs> I mean, that first interception, so you're just saying like, look past all of the stuff that he did wrong and bad. <laughs> I mean, not even, not even, not even necessarily that because, I mean, yeah, that, that first series, he throws the pick six. Now, was that necessarily his fault, or was that just a great defensive play? So, you know, I, mean, I, I, I don't think you can grade him too hardly. He's a rookie. You know, it's his first start. It's on Monday night. You know, he got, he got baptized by fire, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. And he held his own. He, he, he did have to force a couple balls down the, down the field, but I mean, he didn't have a running game to, to lean back on. You know, the, 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 Dolphins defense was was being really really greedy so you know you can't take away from the Saints playing against a better Dolphins team um so I mean I I don't think necessarily that they should move on from book right away you know they're gonna need I I I have a feeling that Taysom Hill is gonna be gone uh in the offseason I don't think he's coming back um, but there's, I mean, I think they, until they he signs, until until he signs somewhere or is confirmed to be somewhere else, I don't think that we can dismiss completely the rumors of Aaron Rodgers going to the Saints. And I think if he becomes available to the Saints, that they will do it in a heartbeat. I think, d- despite whatever you know, confidence. Sean Payton might have in like a Jameis Winston or even if, if they do keep Taysom Hill, I don't think there's any QB on the roster that they like enough that they're going to pass up on potentially getting Aaron Rodgers. Cause I don't see Sean Payton as somebody who's at all interested in like being part of a rebuild. Yeah, no, that, that I, team is already ready for a playoff run. They have been ready for a playoff run and their team <laughs> The defense, is the, the defense is the best it's ever been under Sean Payton. Uh, they actually have like a dynamic running back. They got, you know, assuming he comes back healthy, they have a top five wide receiver and Michael Thomas. Uh, yeah, I don't, I just don't see him like wanting to go through another season of like QB struggles, Q, you know, anything else that they might have to address. Um, I think if he has the opportunity to get a Rodgers, that he's going to do everything he can to get that. And, um, I mean, I imagine that the Panthers are probably the same way in that, like, they'd want to get him. But I I don't see Aaron Rodgers being a Panther. It's, it's – Mostly again. because of the coaching staff, unless they brought in a new coaching staff and, like, he was able to be – 
you know, hey, I like this guy. I don't like this guy, but I just don't, I just don't see that happening. Uh, no, the the main problem that Carolina has with obtaining good quarterbacks is their shit offensive line. Uh, that's one of the main reasons why um, Stafford, Matthew Stafford, turned down a bigger, a bigger, uh, what is it? He they they offered him a lot more money than the Rams offered him, and. Well, he was traded. He wasn't a free agent. No, he. But they they were gonna they were already ready to sign him um, with big money, and he and he turned him contract. down because yeah, they were gonna offer him big a big money contract, and he turned it down because he didn't want to be behind another struggling offensive line, and on top of that, a young coaching staff that has proven nothing. Matthew Stafford was already on his way to I want I want to be a, a winner, and I'm not gonna win in Carolina. And as it's looking, Carolina is not ready to win anytime soon. Um, Matt Rule, what are, are you guys still like technically uh, in the playoff hunt? Nah. Or, uh, after after they... after that last after that last week's loss in uh, in Carolina against Tampa Bay, that was the final the final straw. There's no there's absolutely no way of getting into the playoffs. It's they have officially been eliminated as of um, Sunday night. So the Saints are still technically alive. I mean, they, because they lost to Miami, that they'd have to have. They essentially have to they, win. Out. They they have to win out, and then they need, you know, a couple of Eagles and the 49ers, who we'll get to a little bit later, lose some games in order to get in. So, do you think? That the Panthers is that rivalry enough, or do you see anything in the Panthers and that they'll want to try and play spoiler? I mean, it may not matter. The Saints kind of look like they're going down downhill here, depending, especially if they do have to go with a book again. I know that uh, I'm looking at their uh, injury report that Taysom Hill is a, was a full participant in in practice, so I don't see why he wouldn't start over book if he could, but. You know they might not, they might not be able to do it anyway. But do you think that the Panther? I mean, is there any indication that the Panthers are just gonna, you know, throw backups out there, or are they gonna try to win some football games here at the end? Well, um, Play some spoiler. <laughs> the only, the only, the only spoiler that Carolina is playing is against uh, their fan base. They decided to start Sam Darnold over Cam Newton for the New Orleans matchup. So a lot of fans are very disappointed in, in their decision to doing that. But a lot of fans have already kind of dismissed the season as a loss. Any any victory um, in the next two weeks would just be a spit in the face of the franchise because we're essentially sure, we have, but we have a number six, we have a number six spot in the draft and we're trying to move up in that draft. So winning a game would just go against what we need because. Is the rivalry, at least like, we'll just talk about the fan perspective, is the rivalry not enough that – because if the Saints lose a football game, you know, their last two, they're out. So is the rivalry not enough that just knocking the Saints out of playoff contention is enough that, like, you can – okay, you know, we want a higher draft pick because we're still in a rebuild uh, and the season's not going anywhere, but – if we can beat the Saints, 
keep them out of the playoffs, you know, that's a that's a win that we can be happy with. I mean, speaking of the fan, yeah, absolutely. Get the season sweep on New Orleans, play upset, take them out of playoff contention. Yeah, I mean, in a as a fan, we'd love to, we would love to see that because, you know, the Saints are one of one of our hated rivals. Um, but do I see Matt Fool doing that? No. I see I see him playing the fool, starting I I mean, Sam Darnold I, the entire game, and then I feel like he might be on the hot seat, and you know he. I, oh, he's not. If, he, he's not. I think I think that he might be. You know, it might not be that like he has to show something or he's fired at the end of the year. If they were going to fire him, no matter what, he probably would have been fired by now. Uh, so I can I can definitely see him like, hey, you know, we gotta. When, especially against a team like the Saints, who technically are still in the playoff hunt, you know, could be a playoff caliber team. So if he's saying, says, and it's a division rival, like, hey, we can beat a good team, that'll go a long way in him keeping a job. So I don't see, at least on the surface, from what information we know as outsiders, that they're just going to throw in the towel. Well, as as an outsider uh, looking in and listening to several other Panther podcasts, everyone wants, and I mean everyone wants rule out. There is one there is one person uh, uh, and he it's just another fan, another another crazy fan podcast that does want to give Matt rule that third year option and that's simply because that was the that was what we're the fans were sold that Matt rule has two really shitty years. And then by the third year, he builds a competitive team. Uh, however, from last year and this year, this year has proven that he has regressed as a coach. The team has been defeated. The team has been uh, let down. Who, who is your uh, defensive coordinator? Cause your guys' defense is good. Uh, Phil snow. And that was one of Matt Rule's kind of like ride-along partners from his Temple days. Uh, Phil Snow and Matt Rule have worked together uh, from Temple and Baylor, um, and which is again another another thing. That that kind of sounds like that he is then not a candidate for head coach if they do move on from Matt Rule. If he's Matt Rule's boy. Oh yeah, no. The, The entire the entire coaching staff of the Panthers have all been pretty much the, the buddy program. Um, our, our, after firing uh, Brady, the offensive coordinator, um, Phil, uh, Matt Rule had his, his uh, in, intern offensive coordinator, uh, yeah, which is, it, yeah, uh, it, which is another one of his buddies. It was another one of his buddies from, from Baylor and Temple. Um, the, so well, that might that, be reason enough then to keep Matt Rule around at least yeah. one more year to keep Snow around because he's good. I mean, or the defense is good. The defense has played well despite not having, you know, the biggest names. You know, there's no – I mean, is anybody has anybody on that defense like been an all-pro or a, anything? Um, well, Outside of Brian Moore, Burns. Obviously. Yeah, Brian Burns, our def- our uh, third year defensive end, uh, he just made the Pro Bowl first team. 
Uh, Hassan Reddick ha- uh, has had a very good year. Uh, he's proven that um, last year's 15 sack season was not a dud. That you know he does he does produce and he's made a second team. Um, he, he's he's part of the second team uh, all uh, all pro. Um, we have a couple third team alternates, um, but nothing nothing out of the out of the crazy you know. Um, yeah, and that's that's good. The fact that the defense can be what it's been with no like perennial Pro Bowlers or anything like that. That means that he's a good coach. I mean, that's what I'm taking it as. That he's a good coach. He's getting the absolute most out of his players. So that's some that's somebody worth keeping around. And, yeah, you know, if they are able to, you know, if they can keep him around. That would be nice, even if they were to move on from Matt Rule. I don't – I find – I just can't, you know, sign off on them firing Rule right away because uh, he just – he hasn't had consistency, whether it be with health or play from, like, his most important positions on offense because uh, there are people – I think you've mentioned before that you want to move on from Christian McCaffrey. I don't think that's a good idea. Because uh, if he goes somewhere else and stays healthy, then you guys will look like fools. Um, and that's just not a good look, especially if it's a, already a frustrated fan base. The last thing you want to do is, you know, be the Texans and get like how they got rid of Hopkins and then see him thrive in Arizona and you just look like idiots. Uh, yeah. We'll see the difference. The, the difference quarterback is, play, I mean, everybody's Hopkins trying to find a good quarterback. Yeah. But the difference is with Hopkins, he didn't have any injuries holding him back. He just – they just kind of gave him away for a bag of chips and a high five. So to get – Yeah, to no, get I mean, to, it's not it's not quite the same, but if they're just like, oh, we have to move on because you can't stay healthy, and then yeah, he well, does stay healthy and is good still, yeah. then you look like idiots. Yeah. Well, the, unless, the unless main, you're able to trade him away, unless you go full rebuild, trade him away and get a fuckload of – you know, picks or players yeah. or whatever in return. But, yeah, and that's you know, and that's what I was away to... for a bag of chips and a high five. Yeah, and that's what I was trying to get into is that it's it's not ideal to get rid of McCaffrey. It really isn't because all of his injuries have been surface injuries. They've not been deep tissue injuries. It's not a torn ACL. It's not a broken ankle. You know, it's nothing of that sort. It's muscle sprains it's you know a, a, a mild sprains you know it's it's not it's not career career yeah it's not none of them have been career enders exactly so uh, but in in trading away assets because of what they did when they picked up sam darnold they they went in the route of we're you know we're not rebuilding we're in win mode we're in win now mode and they've proven that they are not in win now mode. No, and that was that was definitely them just being far too optimistic. Exactly, sure. exactly. So they've traded away crucial assets, trading away a second round pick and a third round pick. So now we only have the first round pick, and then we don't have a pick for in the top one hundred after that. So trading away some assets, which in my opinion, I feel like we definitely need to trade Derek Brown because that bum has not produced at all. That guy can definitely get traded away for a second and or third round pick. 
and then kind of recover. Um, I don't know. People do don't normally trade want. away good picks for people that are described as bums. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, unless unless you can just find like another or like a poorly ran organization that will make stupid decisions. So I mean, hey, it's it, we've proven to be one of the dumber organizations to do it. So we can. I'm sure we can find another another team out there that's dying for D tackle help, and um, you know who knows? Maybe maybe they can, because Derek Derek Brown has potential. He's just he's a first round pick, right? Yes, he was a first round pick. And the, um, he that just, means that that means that people think that he has, you know, first round ability, and that's another thing you definitely don't want to see is like you don't want to see your team give up on a guy too soon. He goes somewhere else. And like maybe gets better coaching or something, and then like turns it around, and then you're you see him go on to have a nice career, and you're sitting back like, well, what the hell? Like, how come he how come he wasn't like that with us? What did we do wrong? You yeah, know, well, it's a, like I said, it's the shitty parts about being like that kind of a fan where you pay attention to that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, what it, I mean, let's we can move on from this quickly. But uh, what uh, what are your predictions for the game? Um, well, we have a couple, uh, Carolinas and has a couple, um, COVID protocol players, uh, which I believe most of them will come back, um, and test negative by, by tomorrow, uh, by Sunday's game. Um, so the only thing that Carolina has to worry about right now is their injury carousel. And it looks like Stefan Gilmore has um had not had is on the did not practice uh he has reaggravated his groin injury so that's one uh corner talent that will be missing um however the saints wide receivers have not been um too explosive so maybe having um some second string third string cornerbacks on them won't be extremely um detrimental in the uh in the game um and then as for our linebacking core the carolina linebacking core still seems pretty stout uh still starters out there in shaq thompson jermaine carter jr and hassan reddick uh the d line is still is still good and if they can play up tempo like they did in week two then maybe they can see a lot more qb qb sacks um now the Saints are showing that they may start Taysom Hill over Ian Book, which would be smart on their end because Taysom Hill being a mobile quarterback, the Carolina defense does not do well against mobile quarterbacks. So yeah, he brings a little bit more options to their offense. Exactly. And what what defensive end Brian Burns has shown is that he overpursues like crazy. He makes his way upfield. Uh, quarterback takes a step up, and then Brian Burns is out of the picture completely. He has proven to not set the edge. Uh, Brian Burns is an all-pro talent, but hes I feel like he's just not getting there. He's over-aggressive. The coaches just haven't helped him in that. So in my eyes, I see Brian Burns as a total liability. And if they were <laughs> smart, if they were, if Carolina was smart, they would just go ahead and bench Brian Burns or at least give him um, limited snaps 
throw in Yitor Gross Matos. Yitor Gross Matos is a, a bigger body. He's a um, great third-round talent that Carolina was able to sneak away with. Um, so, and you know what? The season's done. Just let let Yitor Gross Matos get in there. Let him get some more snaps. Let Brian Burns rest up because he's going to come back for next year, and they want to keep him as healthy as possible. Um, now, score prediction-wise, um, the Saints' defense is very greedy. I will say that Carolina starting Sam Darnold, like it's just not going to be pretty. I, I'm I'm calling another thirty to three blowout. Saints win in New Orleans. Um, well, they're favored by six and a half, which is I don't know if that's gone up or down. Um, I swear, I feel like I remember seeing it one time at like a three and a half. Um, maybe that was before it looked like Taysom Hill was going to come back. Uh, well, but again, they have a, I mean, the Saints are two and five at home and it's a home game for them. So, you know, maybe yeah. you'll get that. Maybe, maybe you'll continue to, you know, fluster them at home. I'm. It's showing here on uh, ESPN that you can get tickets for as low as $12. <laughs> That's Damn. not a, that's not something I would have ever expected um, for a game in New Orleans. But, I mean, who knows how accurate that really is, you know. that may- yeah. Maybe that's $12 for, like, a ticket and you get to sit outside or something uh, <laughs> outside the stadium. <laughs> but, no, but no. Still, that's it, pretty it sounds, nuts. It sounds, it sounds about right. It's uh, the nosebleed because I've also went on, like, Ticket Stub and uh, um, other ticket sites. Um they are showing that, uh, uh, like the fifty-yard line tickets, tickets that are like considered really, really good, uh, end zone tickets, going for as low as a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars. So, and that's in the in the Superdome. So, it's, I mean, it's the it's a good time to if you want to go. Pretty, see that's pretty team. wild though. That's pretty wild considering that the Saints are still technically in the hunt. You know, it's not a team that's dead and buried. Uh, yeah. And you know their it's fan just, base. Or, their fan base is going to show the the Saints fan base. They are going to show. They're not going to let a bunch of Carolina fans run rapid in that in that um, building. So it's no. it's going to be it's going to be a loud atmosphere. Carolina is going to be flustered. Sam Darnold is going to be uncomfortable, and our offensive line with the offensive line struggles. Um, they're going to get ran over by a very healthy New Orleans D-line. You know, uh, what is it? Marcus Davenport and um, uh, on, on Yamada, uh Jordan. You know, they're all going to they're all going to go out there and they're going to just handle that offensive line. Now, are the Panthers' left tackle Cam Irving, who is proven to be a hack, a bum, a bent warmer, needs to get off of an NFL football team. He needs to go back and read meters or something in his hometown. This guy is not a good football player, and he is out with injury. Thank the Lord Almighty. And last week's game, um, Matt Rule had started – Brady Christensen, a third-round left tackle out of Boise. Um, so, or not Boise, I'm sorry, out of BYU. So, um, and he's and he rated really, really well 
against Shaq, uh, Shaquille Barrett um, before Shaquille Barrett left with injury. Uh, may he rest easy. Um, so if he's injured, not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said rest easy, not rest in peace. Okay, so but I'm just saying, uh, Brady Christensen was and was a all pro talent that had been sitting on the sideline because Matt Rule refuses to play his rookie. All pro talent. All pro talent game. Man. Uh, he he is he was drafted. That homerism coming in there. He's yeah, all pro. Dude. I swear. I swear he is, man. He's he's a great kid. the The only thing that's been leaving him on the sideline is that Matt Rule has this fascination with his short arms, saying that short arms uh, for a left tackle is like somehow hindering him. But I mean, it's not ideal. He's not able to like you know push him away. He's 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 literally missing an inch, maybe an inch and a half of length in his arms, and they're really hey. using that. Well, as a guy, you should know that every inch counts. Am I right? <laughs> Key the Yeah, we'll put that in in post. <laughs> Come on, editor. All right, I uh, let's move on here. Uh, I'll give my prediction. My predictions have been pretty crap lately, so I'm just gonna say I think Sam Darnold has like the best game of his of the season, and the Panthers win by five. By five? Yep, by five. Ooh, okay. Well, you know. If, if Carolina 30, has 30 to 35, that's where I'm going. 30, 35, Panthers. 30, winning. 35, huh? Yeah. Uh, if Carolina has proven uh, in the past, they love playing upset to the Saints. So, yes, that's, maybe, that's, maybe, all I'm, that's all I'm going on. Going on blind faith? Yep. Well, blind I. Faith, I blind faith and, and not really caring either way. That's what I'm yeah. going on. Well, uh, as, as a cam stand. I absolutely hate seeing Sam Donald wear the powder blue. So I, I think he's going to throw uh, another pick six. Uh, he will fumble the ball twice, and he will get sacked a record ten times. A record ten times. All right. Well, I mean, regardless of which one of us is correct, it's going to be an entertaining game. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe for, for the, Luke. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully he'll be able to get on next week and we can talk about the uh, aftermath, the three of us. But uh, we'll we'll move on here. We've talked about these stupid teams too long. Um, so my 49ers are going to be an interesting game, despite playing the Texans, who kicked the shit out of the Chargers last week in the upset of the week easily, I think, um, especially considering the score. So they're playing my 49ers. It's a home game for the 49ers. The 49ers are favored by 12 and a half, which seems crazy. Considering, like I just said, I'm pretty sure the Chargers were favored by a similar amount, and then they got blown out. Um, but Jimmy G turns out, uh, and like midway through that game last week against Tennessee, hurt his thumb and played the rest of the way, which would kind of explain, you know, his second half performance. Um, I like that he toughed it out. You know, I like to see some toughness in a position that has a lot of not tough people in it at QB. Uh, but it would have been nice if he had been, hey, you know, my throwing hand is injured. Maybe I shouldn't I'm play out, anymore. Coach. I'm tapping out. Yeah. I, it's a it's a tough one, you know. If he, if he leaves with injury and they still lose, then, you know, maybe you say like, oh, come on, you know, stay in there, tough it out. You know, there's always those people that are just never happy, especially for Niners fans with – uh, the quarterback position because 
you know, it's been a long time since Joe Montana and Steve Young were under center for the team, but for whatever reason, fans still think that like that's the expectation of anybody that plays that position on the team. Um, it's pretty nuts. You know, there are other teams out there with positions where they think that they have to have Hall of Famers, you know, every time they get somebody new at that position. You know, Cow- Cowboys fans think that every running back and quarterback they get is a Hall of Famer or should be a Hall of Fame caliber, and 49ers have that with quarterback. But it looks as though Trey Lance is going to get the start, a second start of the season. You know, I think it's 11 weeks since his last one. So maybe – Maybe he's going to be better. I honestly don't know. I was reading um, something the other day, uh, and this writer, Tim Kawakami, he's a beat writer for the 49ers. Um, he was saying that he thinks that um, it's possible there was a plan the whole time with Shanahan that he was going to put Lance in at the end of the season or like going into playoffs if they made it no matter what just to like really throw a curveball against anybody that they might face. Cause there's no film really. There's one game of film and he mostly was a running quarterback to just kind of like throw people off. But my expectations aren't too high. He's still a rookie, um, but ten- the Texans on paper are still a crap team. So maybe he's going to, you know, have a coming out party. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I'm not optimistic. Well, It also, you know, it goes back to, you know, our previous claim of who wants to play upset. You know, what do the Texans have to gain from winning a game? What do the Texans have um, against the Niners, you know? So will the Texans really be playing uh, just for pure respect or will they will they will they risk losing another game so that they can move up in the draft? So personally, I feel like. the Texans are a, a they're, they, they are definitely one of those trap game uh, contenders. You know, you, you can go in there with all the all the expectations of we're going to steamroll this guy. We're going to steamroll this, this piece, these guys and this team is nothing. Um, and then they go ahead and blow out the Chargers, you know. So um, do I do do I believe? In Trey Lance, absolutely. I think Trey Lance is a hidden gem. I believe Trey Lance has the opportunity of a lifetime to go out there and start. Um, I definitely think that that first meeting where Trey Lance had to start in um, against Arizona, um, it was not living up to the hype per se, but y'all lost by seven points. And that was an undefeated at the time Arizona football team. And they were healthy. They had, you know, everything going right for them. And for Trey Lance to go out there in that in that um in that area and, and just, you know, come out pretty much, you know, doing pretty pretty well for himself. Um got short I mean, he did got, pretty well for being a rookie in his first start on the road against a good team. And a, was, and a great defense. A great defense it, at that. It was you know, I don't want to say impressive, but it was reassuring because yes. I, I've, you know, there are a lot of people that think like, oh, he's a first round quarterback, especially like he was the number three overall pick. There were plenty of 49ers fans that thought he should have just started from day one. You know, he's a first rounder. That means he can come in and just start lighting it up. Like that yeah. hardly ever happens. I don't understand where that 
thinking comes from. It rarely ever happens, you know, uh, that somebody is a first round quarterback and comes in and is just like, oh, they're an MVP caliber player. Uh, I mean, I would love it, you know, that, you know, if this game just becomes like, you know, where his Hall of Fame story starts, you know, oh, he came in at the end of the season, you know, fucking lit up the Texans and then they went on like a Cinderella run, you know, maybe, you know, they don't have to win the Super Bowl or something crazy like that, but, you know, they go in and they upset whoever they play first round because, you know, and then lose to the eventual champion or some shit like that. Like, that would be awesome, you know, going to next year. He's yeah. the starting quarterback, has that, like, first-year Patrick Mahomes-type story, and then, you know, we're off to the races kind of a thing. But, you know. Pull a 2004 Ben Something like that, yeah. And, I, you know, but I, 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 live, I live in reality, and the reality is that he go out there and look average. You know, he can look okay. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, again, I think that like, they're going to, I think that they're going to try to run the ball, you know, regardless. Oh, absolutely. But, and if they were smart, but that's just the identity of the team anyway. Yeah. If they were smart, they'd throw in a lot more read option, um, zone read and uh veer option uh, because I, that's what Lance is. That's what Lance is good at. You know, he can read I mean, a defense. I, I put this down, you know, Mark, Mark this. I think on the first series that they have an offense, they're going to try and throw deep. Because one thing he definitely has over Garoppolo is he's got an arm. You know, it's a cannon arm. He can throw fucking deep. So what college, I, what college I, did Trey Lance go to? Uh, North Dakota. Oh, okay. It was an FCS school. Mm. So basically think about, like, what the caliber of people that, uh, you know, our, our high school – football team it's the college equivalent <laughs> okay okay you know that you know if they played alabama they'd get fucking steamrolled um but, but they would do I mean, it had, yeah they do it in style but that team he was on you know they were perennial champions and he only played one year so i, I think that people's outlook on him for this season anyway it was too high but I mean, like I said, obviously, I hope that we go out and we fucking score three hundred points or something. But I'm uh, I'm not ready to crown him as the next Steve Young or Joe Montana just yet. Yeah, you know, that's a little crazy. I mean, let's not put it all on Trey Lance. Your guys' defense is still pretty good for what it's worth. You know, you still have a healthy yeah, Joey. The secondary is pretty crap. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, who's at number crap. one? Who's, who's number one on your team? Tart? Ward. Ward. Okay. Because, yeah. Safeties. The safeties, I have no problem with the people who play safety. It's the corners, the outside corners that want to make me, you know, that they will give me a stroke at some point. You know, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know about it anymore, but we were leading the league in uh, defensive pass interference calls, and most of them were on Norman, who just, for whatever reason, can't stop with the pass interference. I really don't want to see him back on the team next year. Uh, if he was like the number three corner or something, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But as the number one corner, it's driving me crazy. Oh, yeah, I know. He's, he's getting too old, and I believe a lot of his pass interference calls are coming from him just getting beat, and it's, it's take the penalty over a touchdown, you know? So, yeah. But it um, always just like they always come at the worst time. I mean – I mean, they lost to Indianapolis this year because 
they just kept were like, whatever, dude, we can just throw it up and this team's gonna, you know, commit a pass interference and we're gonna sustain the drive. Like that was the whole game. It was infuriating. Um, yeah. He's a big problem. He's a big part of that. I think his ability to coach up some of the young guys has been good. Like I don't mind having him around for that. Like I said, you know, if he was the number three on the depth chart, great. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Because you know, nickel corners, nickel corners, they're the unsung heroes, I believe. Nickel well, corners. I mean, he wouldn't good. he wouldn't have been the nickel or I mean, we have a great nickel and Quan Williams, fantastic. Uh but like if you know he's He's the first guy to come off if there's an injury, which, I mean, he more or less was. Um, but assuming those injuries didn't happen and he just gets to, like, mentor, that's great. Because, like, there was a point in time when he was a great corner, but not anymore. Yeah, he, like, he had his one good year in 2015. He had that good run, and then he wanted the bag after that, and they were just like, take a walk. There was a <laughs> – there's quite a few, there's quite a few people on the Panthers in that era that had the one good season and then stopped. Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. There's there's <laughs> there's a dime a dozen. Um, they can't all be Captain Munderland. Hey, he he earned that name, Captain. Um. So again, let's not take away from the rest of the team, though. Um. Your guys' running game has has still been pretty solid. Your guys' offensive line uh, have been proven to be body movers. Um, they can protect. Uh, you know, they, I think I think going they can protect into protect okay enough. The right side yeah. of the offensive line is bad. Uh, have uh, you guys have you guys suffered injuries? Uh, yeah, as our of, starting our starting right tackle is out for the year. So in his replacement. He's good, Tom Compton. He's really good in uh, run blocking. He can't pass protect to save his life, though. Um, oh, there you go. And our right guard, uh, he just shouldn't be a starter. He should be like the first guy off the bench if there's an injury kind of a thing, but he shouldn't yeah. be a starter. It's just some more – yeah, just some more, um, some more uh, film to be watched so that you know what, what – you really need to dive into in this upcoming draft, which I hear uh, through the grapevine that this upcoming draft is going to be um, just a lot of offensive line talent coming out of this, coming out of this, um, this 2022 draft. So there's not a um, lot of big names in this draft. I mean, like everybody's always talking about that, like this is a horrible year to be a high draft pick because in a court for a quarterback needy team, because they're not any good. Exactly. Um, But, I mean, there's going to be somebody. There's going to be somebody who's drafted in, like, the third round or fourth round who ends up being great. You know, that's just just how it always works out, especially when it's downplayed or overplayed, however you want to think about it. Um, The lack of talent. Somebody's going to shine through. (laughs) Yeah. But like I said, um, word on the street is that this draft is going to be um, really offensive line heavy. Uh, a lot of teams have been struggling with the offensive line. A lot of teams have been uh, looking um, to replace some old bodies and coach up some new, some new young talent. And uh, Hey, um, well, I know I the to... Giants. I know the Giants, they're kind of, they're kind of suffering uh, with a, a lack of offensive line talent and they got two drafts in the top 10. So, yeah. so they're, they're, they're going to be, pretty much taking 
uh, offensive guards and uh, tackles off the board early. Um, quarterback talent isn't really there. Running back talent, you know, running backs are running backs are are very, I think, overpaid. <laughs> but they they there's they got they got a couple guys out there that will probably go. Uh, late first round, early early second round. Well, I mean, running back is another one of those positions where, like, you know, you can draft late if you know, if you have good scouting and get somebody good. I mean, our number one running back this year, Elijah Mitchell, was a sixth round draft pick. So, yeah, you know, you you, you don't have to draft a, a Saquon Barkley or you know Christian McCaffrey in the first round. Yeah, because then you go ahead and drop down to the second round and you pick up an Alva Kamara and he's just as good, if not yeah. better. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's playoff. I, there's less and less games that are important going in. You know, there's a lot of teams that are pretty locked in. You know, yeah, the, well, the matchups well, aren't as interesting. Um, but once playoffs start, it's going to be good. You know, it's playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and before before we go into the playoff picture, um, I just wanted to give you a little spotlight of hope that uh, the Niners are at what fifty percent chance of making playoffs. Last time I saw it, it was like sixty three. Was that before or after the loss in Tennessee? After after that, and then after the Saints loss. Okay. I mean, they just have to. All they have to do is beat Houston, and I think the Saints just have to lose, and they're in. They yeah. Can't. Well, so could, well, by because the know, last by game tomorrow, the season, by tomorrow night, you know, they could be celebrating. Yeah, because um, the last game of the season for the Niners is in Los Angeles against the Rams. Correct. Correct. which, so, would, which could potentially be who they would play in the first round of the playoffs too. So. If they've locked it up by then, I mean that's going to be a second stringer game for sure, probably for both teams. Neither one's going to want to, you know, go out there and show the playbook. Well, the I think the Rams may be having a lot more to play for because they might be after that first round, that first round buy, correct? Unless they're completely out of contention for that first round buy. I think that they're out. I think them and Tampa are fighting for the second seed, or maybe. Because the Rams or beat them in Dallas, because Dallas can still get the second seed. I think Tampa can still get the second seed. Maybe I think that the, the best they can do is the three seed. I want to say, yeah, because they might not have much to play for anymore. Yeah, because Tampa beat Dallas and the Rams beat Tampa. So um, Dallas, I think all like I said, I think all three of those. Teams are going to be playing 100% to try and get better. Um, well, there's no second round buy either. There's no there's no uh, number two spot for a first round buy. The no, not with the expanded playoff. No. Yeah. So uh, who who do the who do the Green Bay Packers have? Because I I want to say Green Bay is sitting at number one. Correct. Yeah, they're number one. I think that I'm pretty sure they're completely locked in too. They can't and fall out of it. But I could be wrong. But they're playing Minnesota, who I think is going to be without Kirk Cousins. So that one shouldn't be too difficult. Um, and, then, and then they got Detroit to end, end the year. Yeah. And, I mean, by that point, they're probably not going to be playing for shit anyway. But Green Bay's number twos can probably beat Detroit's number ones. Possibly. Yeah. So then, yeah, you, you, you might – 
you might find yourself in an, in a, a week 18 matchup where it's just a lot of second string, third string guys out there, practice squad guys trying to make a name for themselves, trying to, trying to get themselves uh, accumulated to uh, football. So, Hey, yeah. If, if, I mean, if, if that happens, I think that the Niners probably still play Trey Lance. Um, but the, I think the offense, you know, the play calls will be super – it'll be like preseason kind of play calls where it's just like real basic shit. Um, but, you know, we'll see. And then the a- AFC playoffs and that, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's a cluster. Oh, uh, yeah. Nobody's a real nobody's a real standout. Um, you know, there are teams that look pretty good. Buffalo, New, New England's looking good. Miami's on a roll. Kansas City looks like they've – come back but you know we said that many times throughout the season so Kansas uh, City Kansas City has found their identity Kansas City have fixed their defense their coaching staff have finally stopped butting heads and they have finally got pen to paper and they know what they're doing Kansas City is still a threat um the the Patriots the Patriots are going to be the Patriots you know they got yeah. They got um, Miami to finish off the season, and I think at that point, both those teams are going to be going to be, you know, in prime playoff contention to want to play their starters. It's going to be interesting in that in that division, um, in that conference. Well, yeah, since uh, somehow we ended up. Like every episode, it seems like at some point spending some time on the Raiders. Let's go ahead and do that. So keep a streak alive. Uh, you think they make the playoffs? I think that they're still in it. I think they have to like um, run out or some crazy crap. But I uh, want to say, I want to say that Las Vegas is in the same boat as San Francisco. I think they need to win out on other teams to have one loss and then they make it. Um, do I feel like they make playoffs? Mm, probably not. They have to play San. They have to play. Oh, I'm sorry, not Sandy. They have to play Los Angeles, and they have to play. Who who do they play this? Who do they play this opening week? Their percentage chance to make the playoffs right now is nineteen percent. And who 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 are the last two games of the season for for Las Vegas? Uh. In Indianapolis and the Chargers. So both those teams, and are very good teams. Um, yeah. They One's are a divisional both, game. Uh, and 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 you know that Indianapolis team, they're fighting to. They need they and Indianapolis needs the win because they need Tennessee to lose in order to jump them. Um, and te- and and Tennessee's in the same boat where they absolutely need to win or they need. Are they? Uh, are they do they have a similar record? Um, I don't know what the standings are in that division? Tennessee, Tennessee swept Indianapolis, but Indianapolis is only one game oh, away yeah. from them. So um, and it didn't. It looked like Carson Wentz was not going to play, but now it looks like he is. So that he didn't pass COVID. He passed COVID protocol. Uh, yeah, he's activated from the list. Still needs doctors okay to play though. Oh, that'll happen by by tonight. He'll be he'll be set and ready to go. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be um, win or you're out. 
for Indianapolis and for San. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So, so the Chargers um, and Raiders have the same record, and they play the last week. So that game could end up being important. Yeah, winner goes home. Winner, w- winner, winner goes on. Loser goes home. So, and that's what I'm saying. Um, Which the is last meeting, great. That's exactly what you want at the end of the season is meaningful games. Yeah. Um, the last meeting of Las Vegas and Los Angeles, um, Los Angeles beat them pretty handedly. <laughs> I want to say the final score was 28 to 14. And that was because the, the Raiders scored a last touchdown in garbage time. So um, if the chargers can stay healthy and if they can play with some enthusiasm uh, and maybe even come, maybe even, you know, that kick in the nuts that they had last week against the Texans, maybe it'll, Put spark a fire under them to understand that it's time to move I mean, you on. Have, you, you would hope so. You you would hope that going out and having such a bad game against such a bad team like that would be like, okay, you know, we still have a shot at this. We're gonna go kick some ass for two weeks, but it's the Chargers. Like it doesn't matter who's playing QB, who's the coach. It just seems like they are always fighting for their lives, no matter what. And you know, I have to kind of disagree with that because. These Chargers have you can proven come on my show and disagree with me. You son of a bitch. <laughs> these Chargers have proven to be different. These Chargers aren't losing the games that they used to lose. You know, they're not losing in dramatic fashion. They're they're not they're I not. I have a friend fans. named Josh who might disagree with you. <laughs> they're not kicking their fans in the nuts every weekend with you know hopes and dreams, and then just ripping the rug out from underneath them anymore. So you know, I have faith. I have faith in um, the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they'll be, I think they'll be contenders. Um, and I, I honestly have to say that the Raiders, um, they just don't have it this year. They, they had a good run, but their time's up. I don't think the Raiders are going to make it any further. Um, I, I see the Raiders losing out these last, these last They're two weeks. They're pretty good in close games, though. The Raiders, I'll give them that. They can beat. They can beat the best of them because they've shown that they can go toe to toe with Dak Prescott. They can um, put up 30 points on a Baltimore's defense. You know, they can, they can win when it's irrelevant, but when it's relevant, I think the Raiders are going to crumble. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. I think the Raiders are going to, that 19% is going to drop. agree necessarily. So I think I think that nineteen percent playoff is going to drop after this next week because they need a lot to happen for them and they're not sitting too happy, not with their yep. schedule coming up. Nope. Well, I'd say this is good about a good place as any to start wrapping things up here. Um, I uh, thank you for uh, coming on and uh, you, you're not, you weren't necessarily filling in for Luke, you know, you both were supposed to be here, uh, but thanks you know, anyway. I, just, um, I find it, I find it funny that whenever it's my time to come out on this podcast and talk a little, talk a little smack up. about the Saints and it just so happens to be the week that the Panthers are going to be rolling into new Orleans and they're going to be swinging that thing. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, you we know, gotta call. Just call them out right now. Just call them out. And say, you know, I mean, I'll speak for you. You know, I'll be like, you'll be Brock Lesnar. I'm, I'm Heyman right now. You, <laughs> you're a coward. 
<laughs> if you if you if you were a man, you would have been here. Um, but you know, you got an opportunity next week. You know, maybe you'll be able to come on as a as a as a victor in the the game. You know, um, but you know, it's real easy to talk shit when you're on top. You know, if you lose, can you be man enough to show your face? You know, this is just. I don't think you can, Luke. I think you're a punk. This is classic, classic New Orleans Saints fan in Luke because yeah. Luke and Luke this had is the jerseys. equivalent of his paper bag on his head right now. He had jerseys from 2007, 2008, where he claimed that he was a Saints fan but never wore them. But after that 2009 season, he wore that jersey proud after they after they cheated their way in for a Lombardi Trophy. So yep. you know what? It's 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 very. New Orleans fans of Luke to dip out whenever push comes to shove. So you know what? Yeah, I hope I agree. I, I hope totally Carolina. I hope Carolina gets the season sweep on New Orleans. And I hope they do it in New Orleans and where they play upset and take the Saints out and let them go packing home with the with painted red back seats because they're gonna get spanked daily. Yeah, there you go. Just keep pounding, right? <laughs> yeah, don't worry, Luke. We're going to keep on pounding your little pooper. Pound the Saints pooper. That's how I say it. Yep, hashtag pound the pooper. <laughs> All, right, All right, Marcus. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. We'll, uh, we'll have you on next week again to talk some shit or have some shit thrown your way. All hey, right, everybody, win, or uh, win or lose, I'll be here. There you go. See, Luke, that's a real man. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for joining us. Have a happy new year. Hopefully it's better than the last one. Adios.